Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We pray for a stop in the gun violence. We pray the blood of Jesus over kidney disease. We pray for my cousin, Betty Gossie, and the loss of her husband, Willie. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the good teacher, Jesus Christ, amen. In the first chapter of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, he addresses the spiritual blessings that believers receive from God. After his introduction, in verses 1 and 2, you'll find these words in verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him from the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. For a few minutes today, I want to talk about the spiritual blessings. The city of Ephesus was the Roman provincial capital in the southwest corner of present-day Turkey. Roads from the city spread out in all directions, and its population was estimated to have been around 250,000, making it the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Ephesus was home to the Greek goddess Artemis, who was referred to as Diana by the Romans. She was the goddess of fertility, magic, and astrology, and the Temple of Diana was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Paul's letter was to the Jewish and Gentile Christians in Ephesus, who had given up their magic practices and burned their magic books, which were worth 50,000 pieces of silver. Read that story in Acts 19, verses 11 through 20. The impact of Paul's ministry had such an effect in the city that Demetrius, a leader of the local silversmiths trade union, incited a mob against Christian teaching. Read about that in Acts 19, verses 23 through 41. With all of the distractions in Ephesus, false teaching could very well creep into the church. In Revelation 2 and 2, they had succeeded in keeping out the false teachers. Paul would encourage the church by showing them the spiritual blessings they possessed. The word blessing means benefit, and we need to know the benefits of being a Christian. In Ephesians 1 and 3, we read that these benefits come from heaven. My friends, these are not earthly benefits like wealth and health. These are influenced by the divine and touch a higher nature of mankind. They originate in the sphere of spiritual activities. The first spiritual blessing is that God has chosen us before the creation of the universe, before he said, let there be light, before you were born. Folks, think about that for a second. God chose us for himself. Now, if that's not a hallelujah moment, I don't know what is. My brothers and sisters in Christ, God also chose the nation of Israel, but they squandered their election by going after other gods. This act of disobedience made them unholy and put a mark or blemish on them. We are commanded to be holy and without blemish, 
which is a reference to the animals used in sacrifices. So how were the early Christians to remain holy in a city filled with magic and idol worship? How are present-day Christians to remain holy? The answer is, we are holy and blameless in Christ Jesus. When God looks at a Christian, he does not see a sinful person. He sees a redeemed person. He sees the righteousness of Christ in the Christian. Now that is a spiritual blessing. Another spiritual blessing is in his love at the end of Ephesians 1 and 4. The word love is difficult to translate from the Greek, but it means the love that God has for us and that we should have for him and our fellow man. It is agape or unconditional love. Christ loves you unconditionally and he wants you to share his love for you with others, meaning you have to love the unlovable. In Ephesians 1 and 5, the spiritual blessing of adoption is mentioned. My comrades for Christ, not only are we adopted into the spiritual family of God, which is a spiritual blessing unto itself, but God predestined us to be adopted. He knew beforehand that he was going to adopt us. In modern adoption, you have to go through a background check and a selection process. Not so with God. He decided to adopt us even when he knew beforehand what kind of person you and I were. That did not matter to God. In Roman adoption, the person being adopted had the full rights and privileges just like they were a natural-born son or daughter. God does us the same way. We are sons and daughters of God the moment we accept Jesus as Savior. My friends, if we have been adopted by God and given full rights and privileges to the kingdom, shouldn't we be acting like princes and princesses in the spirit instead of poor paupers spiritually? We must learn to be king's kids, and you don't know what you don't know. That's why we must get into God's word so that he can teach you how to be the family member he wants you to be. So why would God adopt sinners into his family? My Christian friends, you need to brace yourself for this answer. God did it for his good pleasure. It was God's satisfaction to adopt us. Who is going to tell him that he can't adopt us? The accuser may try, but the deal is done. You are adopted. God delights in having you as one of his. The devil is not going to make God change his mind. When you understand this spiritual blessing, it is life-changing. Verse 6 in the first chapter of Ephesians starts off by saying, To the praise. Folks, when you realize that you have been blessed with the best and by the best, praise will come naturally. We should praise God because Psalm 115.6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. While Psalm 104 proclaims, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Psalm 22 and 3 says that God is enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In other words, his presence is especially intense in an atmosphere of praise. My Christian comrades, just try maximizing your praise and watch what happens in your life. When despair comes knocking at your door, greet it with Isaiah 61 and 3 and put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Folks, try praising God and being depressed at the same time. While the devil wants you depressed and sad because of what you think you don't have, give God the praise for the spiritual blessings 
that you do have. Psalm 145 and 3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So in verse 6, Paul wants us to praise God's glory, which is an especially divine quality. Since we are made in God's image, we can share in His divine glory as image bearers, regardless of our imperfections. This spiritual blessing is overlooked because of the stain of sin, but that has been removed by the blood of Jesus and God's glory can shine through us. So how do we give God the glory and not lip service? First, we must confess our sins, and when we do that, we display His glory by declaring His righteousness. Next, we must forgive others, and by doing that, we proclaim God's likeness to forgive. We show God's glory when we forgive others. Then, we must trust God to do all things for our good. By demonstrating our trust in Him, we put His character and nature on display. My friends, when we glorify God with our lives, we will produce fruitful lives. Jesus says in John 15 and 8, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. Folks, when we offer thanks to God, it sets His glory on a pedestal. Psalm 50 and 14 says, Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. And finally, my friends of God, we are to pray. Psalm 50 and 15 declares, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. As we continue to look at verse 6, we see that Paul is glorifying God's grace. The grace of God is the special favor of God in which the inferior finds favor in the eyes of the superior. The image bearer is given favor by the image maker. We cannot take the spiritual blessing for granted, even though God extends his grace to the unsaved as well as the saved. My brothers and sisters, the difference between the grace of the saved and the grace of the unsaved is that we are accepted in Christ. We have been reconciled in Christ and our pathway to God has been cleared by Jesus. This spiritual blessing cannot be overstated. We have been given access to God by the removal of our sins through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. You don't know that you've been chosen until the Holy Spirit calls on you. Now could be your time. Would you answer his call? The spiritual blessings are in place for all believers. Would you accept the sacrifice Jesus made on your behalf? Let's pray. Father, thank you for all the spiritual benefits you have made available to us. We praise you for your glory and your grace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.